theyeshiva.net. The Gemara says in Avodah Zarah, Adar Bayim Shnin Lekayim in the Shaddai to the Rambam. Till 40 years, a person, a student, does not really stand on the Das of his Rebbe, meaning he doesn't really master the Das of his Rebbe. The Gemara learns it out from a Pasuk. It says in Parshish Kisava, Moshe tells the Jewish people, until this day, which was 40 years after Matan Torah, you haven't had a Lev Ladas or a Nayim Liris or a Nayim Lishmaya. So the Gemara learns out from here that Adar Bayin Shnin Lekayim in a Shaddai Tadirab. So what he's referring here in the brackets is that there's another Maimer, Bidrush Big Delovin de Yamakipudim, Maimer and Yim Kippur. He basically explains this idea. What happens after 40 years? What happens after 40 years is that from the Yosher, the student could get to the Igulim. After 40 years of working with the Svada, he can get to the Das of the Rebbe. He can get, in other words, a real... It's another Nikud he doesn't get into here. A real teacher, it's not Pshat, he just gives over a little part of what he knows. He gives over everything concealed in that kitzer. Like in the Mishnah, you have the whole Gemara. But it's simple, it's clear. An eight-year-old boy could learn it and understand it. But you have there everything. It takes 40 years to unravel the layers and get back to the original Das of the Rebbe to see the whole thing in it. It's a, and, those, and, we, and we do it at the end of 40 years. In a sense, it's a microcosm. Of the Avodah Sabiru, where we're returning yes. everything Lamal again. Yes, yes, Back yes. The prat and the yeah, yeah. Because in the Prat, you really have the Klal. It's just concealed, it's compressed. It's not that the teacher just gives 1% and throws it out. Okay, I'll throw you a bone. No, no, no. In that bone is everything. He wants to give the student everything. He can't give everything because then he won't be left with anybody. He wants to teach the student, he doesn't want to teach himself. Like, so therefore, he limits it. Like we, it's, it's a recurring theme, like we had by Shem Shem Tochel Matzos in the Inukas Kori Avavim. Yeah. There's a lot packed into that Avavim, yeah. but yeah. he's only yeah. yeah. Katnus Katnus Abba, right? In that Abba Nima, you have everything, but it's only what the child can experience. Yeah. So we started to explore the concept in Eitz Chaim of the Arizal known as Igulim and Yosher, or sometimes as Nefesh, which is associated with Igulim, or Ruach, which is associated with Yosher. And the Balatanya gave relatively a long example, a long uh, met, uh, parable, to identify these concepts. And the main point was both addressing it in the world of the teacher and addressing it in the world of the student. When one reads this, it's easy to lose sight that he's really sharing the same idea on two different in two different experiences. There's Igulim and Yosha in the teacher's experience and Igulim and Yosha in the student's experience. Igulim represents circles, which as he says doesn't have a beginning and doesn't have an end and is really indivisible. It's one circle. There's no division, there's no hischalkus, there's no differentiation, there's no higher, there's no lower, there's no beginning, there's no end. It's just a circle. It's an eagle. You'll take the letter Samach, right, which is like an eagle. Any position you put it, you, know, you could throw it over its head tw- ten times. You could do somersaults. You could put it on the right side, left side. The ice will always look the same. Take the, any other letter, right? 
you turn it upside down, you have a different letter. <laughs> we have Vayibin Soya Aaron, right? Before the Vayibin Soya, after the Gemara says in Shabbos, Nun Hafucha, an indented Nun. It's a different letter. Any letter, huh? Inverted Nun, right? Inverted. Indented. <laughs> Inverted Nun. It's a, it's a different image. Take a Samach, throw it any direction you want. Put it on its head, put it on its feet, put it on its right, put it on its left. No difference. It's always going to be the same Samach. Because it's an eagle. It's like the globe. It's like the ball. Turn it this way, turn it that way. It's the same ball. That's the Nakud of eagle. Yosher, no, Yosher is a line. It's linear. There's a beginning, there's a middle, there's an end, there's Hizchalkus, there's a division. There's higher, there's low. There's the beginning of the line, there's the middle of the line, there's the end of the line. It's differentiation. So what is it in the world? So this is this is how he explains. Yeah, this is a very cryptic idea in Kabbalah. Gulim, always in Arizal. Gulim, Yoshi, everything. Esesvira is the Gulim, Esesvira is everything. Is he Gulim and Yosh. There's a whole section in Chaim. Shari, Gulim, Yosh. Here he, Mamish brings it down in, in, in Chachm and Bina and Das to be able to understand it at least on some level. So it starts off. It starts off with the, it starts off with the teacher. The teacher has all the information that he has to give the student. But it's all in a circle. It's all one challenge. It's all part of his wisdom. It's not differentiated. He has the way he understands the Shikul Gemara, the way he understands the Mishnah, the way he understands the Halach, whatever he's teaching, the way he understands it. That information that's going to go to the student is completely submerged in the general wisdom of the teacher, and it's not differentiated, it doesn't occupy a separate space. It's not like in his brain he has a chamber, that this is what I have for my students. It's all part of one indivisible um, entity, which is called the gulden, which is generally the idea of klal. But if it remains that way, there's no communication. Communication means he has to um, pluck, pluck the wisdom out of the gulden, and turn it into a straight line where there is differentiation. And this includes, number one, he has to come down from his own space. He has to look into the capacity of the student, really understand who he is. He has to compress, shrink, and limit the ideas that are being communicated, that it should be suitable to the keli of the, of the, of the student. The whole Ashpah that he gives, the whole Seichel that he gives, the Seichel Atalmud, that whole level, is all in him. And the Ashpah that he gives, which is designed according to the Seichel of the Talmud, it's all part of him. But it's there, Biskira Achas. One glance, one scan, literally like a circle. It's all part of one entity. That's in the teacher's life, this differentiation between Igulim and Yosher. Between everything Bederich Klal and then there's Bederich Prat. This is a very big avoid. I mean, we could speak about this for a long time, about what real teachers have to do, what real communicators do, what real Rebbes do, what real Rosh real Mechanchim, real teachers, who are not just doing a job, but really mold minds and expand horizons and create students and... Uh, create true disciples and pupils. <coughs> this is <coughs> a very serious avoid. Now we talk about it from the perspective of the student, who also experiences two experiences. Stage one and stage two. Stage one, it's Igula. All he hears is, whoa. 
And all he has to do is, literally, like a circle, he has to go into it and just let it envelop him. Literally, he goes into that ball and his brain and mind is lost. It's submerged in it. And there's no differentiation, no analysis, no structures. Don't start making sense. The beginning, the middle, and the end. This I like, this I don't like, this works, this this I'm going to use, this I'm not going to use. At this point... There's complete, complete loyalty and dedication to the idea that still transcends him. In fact, the whole idea is like one big circle with no division, even though by the teacher it's already structured completely. Mm -hmm. Remember. So here's very interesting. What is for the teacher, Yosher, is for the student, Igulim. You understand, right? Like we learned in a previous Mimer, the Dibur of the teacher becomes the Seichel of the student. The lowest level of the teacher becomes the highest level of the student. So the yoshir of the teacher, of the Rebbe, of the Rav, becomes the igulim of the Talmud. But in this stage, as he says, the Seichel Talmud is mukaf al-Darech Mashal. The metaphor for it would be, he is in an eagle. There's literally, he's mukaf. There's like a, he goes into a ball, you know, like he goes into a, uh, he goes into a different planet. He literally goes into him and he allows himself to be completely surrounded by it with no part sticking out. Why? Because it encompasses him from every direction, from every angle. Complete, and there's no beginning, and there's no the middle, and there's no end. At that point, what he hears is a kalal. Stage B is Yosher. Yosher is after the shear. He goes home, he starts unraveling it. He starts learning it, internalizing it. Now it's all about structure. Now he encompasses it. Now it doesn't encompass him, now he encompasses it. Because he encompasses it, he contains it. He structures it, he internalizes it. Now it's Bederich Prat. This is what's called Erpnimi. And Erpnimi means the Er that goes into him. Er into means it doesn't envelop him. He envelops, he envelops it. It enters into his identity in an internalized fashion. This is what we call in a pnimizdika fashion, rather in a makif fashion. Whenever you know something bechlal, it may envelop you completely. When you know something in the details, meaning you already define it, you articulate it. You articulate it in a fashion that it penetrates you and therefore, it's a whole different experience. That's the experience of Yosh. Now could let's wrap, move on. Oh, when you could wrap your brain around the idea, that's obviously stage two. Yeah. Stage one, you don't wrap your brain around you're, the idea. You're in stage you remain in ra- You want to remain. Ra- you want your brain to be wrapped by the idea, not the idea yeah, wrapped you by your brain. So when it comes to the name is Yosher by definition. Yes, Yosher is called Arpnimi. Let's now go further. One, two, three, four, four lines from the bottom, page 74. From this metaphor, from this mushal, the maskil, maskil would mean the man who has seichel, the person who has seichel, will understand lamaila above. What do we mean above? Above doesn't mean geographically above. Above means when we're talking about the divine relationship with the world, that's what we mean, Lamail. 
Lamaila means from our own experience between teachers and stu- with teachers and students, we'll be able to understand Lamaila. Lamaila in our relationship with God, the concept of Igulim and Yosh. Hashem is also a teacher. And the creation of the world is essentially a tutorial, it's a lesson, it's a class. All of history is God teaching. Now, I did get an email from yesterday. I got an email from somebody yesterday. They were listening to the. They were listening to the shear. I wanted to read it because I was very. It was a beautiful. It was a beautiful message that they communicated based on it. I'm going to read it to you. Somebody sent me an email after yesterday's shear. It was very powerful to hear the message that when you really want to receive from a teacher, you can't be present. You can't even be excited. You can't experience yourself at all. Not even your experience of the experience. Because experiencing the experience undermines the experience. Understood? When you experience the experience, it's not an experience anymore. It's your experience. And therefore you will lose out the truth of what's being communicated. Because you are emerging with your intellectual ego prematurely. At this stage of Igulim, there's no room for anything but the wisdom of the teacher. Now I understand what we learned in a previous Maimon about Moshe Rabbeinu. Why Moshe Rabbeinu couldn't speak. He was kvat peh or kvat loshen. Moshe was in a continuous state of receiving from Hashem. He was the quintessential student. For him to talk, he would interrupt the Kabbalah, the receiving part, as you explained. He was on the level that there was no moment that he wasn't Hashem's student. Therefore, he could never talk. If there is a moment when you cease being a student, you could start talking. But he, there was never a moment that he wasn't a student. So therefore he could never talk. If he would talk, he would cease to be God's student for that moment. And he never ceased to be a student. So that's why he was kvad peh or kvad loshen. Because communication already means you have the wisdom and now you're communicating it to somebody else. But in the first state of Igulim, you're just completely absorbed. There's no I experiencing the wisdom. You're just absorbed. I see this in a very powerful way in, our, in my own relationship with God. I find that many of us interrupt God all the time. That's why it's so hard to get this world. Because we don't allow ourselves to melt into Hashem's teachings. We're like students who interrupt the teacher every two minutes. And we never get his message. Because all we're busy is imposing our message on his message. We do all the things like students who don't allow themselves to be macabre to receive do. We don't get an opportunity to see the world, to see our life, to experience anything from God's perspective because we can't lose ourselves in God's sheer. So whenever something happens, right away we say, oh, this is a punishment. This is good. This is bad. We're right away judging the sheer. 
This is good, this is bad, this I like, this I don't like. It's always about our perspective, our interpretation. We never allow ourselves to be a real student of the universe, to be a real student of God. This gave me very, very deep understanding. All of our judgments about our life and other people's lives and our worlds don't really allow us to experience life, which is basically a lesson, a shear that God is giving. Very good. Very good. <laughs> no appointments. No appointments. So now let's go further. Back to the Nimsh. Right. 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 Huh? What? Huh? What? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, what? What do you say? And sometimes you feel the Moshe says, I sent you a message, and I want you to think about it. Right. Process it. Right. Yeah. The processing also has to be according to the teacher. The processing also has to be according to the teacher. Yeah. Vihinei Moshe says, This will allow the Moshe to understand the concept of Igulim V'yosh. The pchines or igulim who shayores al yoinim hanem shachim and amatzlius baruch ein on niglim adayin bepchines gilu. The divine lights that come from the matzil from the matzil means the one who the word matzil comes from Parshas Baaloischa. Hashem tells Moshe v'atzalti min haruach asher olecha. I will be maatzil from the spirit on you, and I will confer it upon the seventy prophets. What does that mean? What's this v'atzalti? Rashi says, k'madlik ne'er It's like lighting a candle from another candle. Matzil means you take something out from one place, you bring it to a new place, but it's not missing in the first place. That's the difference between ha'atzala or nisina or ha'anoka. Nisina means I give. But if I give you, uh, if I give you $100, I don't have it. Hanaka means I give you a gift. Hanik tanik, you give us evid when they go free. But you don't have it. You're giving something and... This is part of the shear. It's, part, it's all part of the shear. Huh? Huh? Emanate. Emanate, yeah. Now, you know how many people know what emanate means? Like ex nihilo. You know how they translate yesh and Ex nihilo, right? You know how many people know what that means? Like emanate. <laughs> it emanates and somehow it makes sense. Right? You could already say Vatsalti is not Yeah. At least it's the real world. The real world. Oilam Ha'atzilus, which is officially the highest world in Kabbalah, Ha'atzilus comes from the word in Baloischa Vatsalti. Why? So 
you're saying emanation. What's the concept? The concept is, or Hashem is called the matzel. He'll often use the word matzel, not boire, matzel. What's the difference? Why doesn't he use the word boire? Boire means you create something that's outside of you, at least in its own appearance. You create a rock, you create a mountain, you create a galaxy, you create a planet, you create a person, you create an animal, etc. That's boire. Matzel would be, rather, expressing something from within yourself that emerges, like the teacher who's sharing his wisdom. That's why when he speaks about Olam Atzillus, it's called Atzillus. It's not a world outside of him. It's basically a reality in which God's inner energies come out in a certain way. What makes it a world? What makes it a world is that it's not pure infinity. It's like what makes the student capable of hearing the teacher? That the teacher is not sharing with him everything he knows. If the teacher would share everything he knows, even 10% of what he knows, the student would get a migraine headache and plots immediately. You know, you see it sometimes. Rav Shlomo Yosef Zevin writes, Shlomo Yosef Zevin was a unique god. He lived in Yerushalayim. He was the editor of Encyclopedia Talmudis. Some know it as the Yellow Set. You know, the Yellow Set. <laughs> so, Rav Shlomo Yosef Zevin was a, a big, big god. He had correspondence a lot with the Rakhachova god in his early years. And uh, Rav Zevin passed away at Lav Shalom at Ches, 78. And uh, so he writes, he has a Sefer Ishim Veshittus. So Rosh Yosef Zevin says that the Rokachover gone in writing was not the same person who he was in speaking. He says when he spoke, a five-year-old child understood. When he writes, a 90-year-old Baki Bishaz doesn't understand. From his writing you could see the Chiddush of his speaking. Because literally, he'll write one paragraph, and that paragraph, literally, will have references, not to two places. Sometimes dozens, dozens, dozens. In a page or two, he can have hundreds of references with absolute genius, but it's impossible to understand. You could sit weeks and months to decipher one paragraph of his, and still feel you don't understand it, for good reason. In his speaking, however, he knew how to bring the information down, limit it, shrink it, <laughs> when the Rav is teaching to his student, what's Atzillus? Atzillus means not Bria. Bria, I create something outside of me. Atzillus, you're not creating something outside of you. You're expressing a certain dimension from within yourself. But it's, why is it called a world? Because it's not all of you. Like the world of Atzillus, it's basically Hashem's idea. That's why this is just a cloud. You'll always see in the Kodotari the word Ma'atzil very often. And it's used meticulously, not boire. The Balatanya said here the word matzel, not the word boire. Boire is the creation of a world. Here it's the emanation, like by Moshe. What happened by Moshe? Moshe didn't create 70 people. The prophecy of Moshe was shared with these people. When you now spoke to these people, you had a glimpse into Moshe. Not all of Moshe, but something of Moshe came out in these people. Something of his light, of his oil, of his wisdom came out in them, and that's what Ur really means. Ur means when the sun casts its rays, there's something of the sun that we get. There's a hot sola, an emanation in English, of the sun. Do we get all of the sun into our room? No. Thank God we don't get all of the sun. We wouldn't be alive. But there's a ray of the sun that we get, and it tells us something about the sun. That's the word matzah. 
So he says, Oiris el Yoinam anim shachim. Vakert, Noilid is a new thing. This is not new. No, but Noilid is a new thing. Like in, in the halachi, you have Noilid, right? Is, is it birth? You're giving birth. Here you're not giving birth. Well, you're giving birth in the sense that it's emerging. But what's it, you want to bring out that it's expressing it's a Hatzalah. It comes from the source and it's coming out of the source. It's not a new Mitzias that you're creating. So he says, These Oiris are not yet concretized. They're not yet revealed. They're still in Igulim. They're still in Igulim. Igulim means you have the ten spheres. But they're still in Igulim. Therefore, they're integrated together. Built is chalkus leprotius. There's no divisibility yet into details. Liyaz dover b'fneiatzma. We will have an independent reality. For example, koyachachma b'fneiatzma. The faculty of chachma independently. Koyachachesed b'fneiatzma. The faculty of kindness independently. Chuli, etc. Elim klulim umekafim yachad b'ashvachas. Just like an eagle, they are all. Submerged and mukafim, surrounded by shva achas, identically, uniformly, because at this stage the oir that comes out from the matzil is not yet revealed in a state like it's going to be by Yosher. It's still in a state of igulim, and in igul, as we said, there's no pratim. There is basically the oiris are not yet mechulak leprote proteus, which is p'chines gilui. Therefore, there's a hiskalalus, and there's no hiskalkus. Where in Yosher, the oiris are going to come out leprote proteus, as he said, there's going to be ten, and the ten are going to have ten. So this is still in Igulim. The esospheres of Igulim are all mukafim yachet. They're like a circle. O p'chines Yosher, hu p'chines ha'oiris, k'shem yoridim ha'mezgalim. When the oiris come down yet further and reveal themselves more, here there is divisibility called sphere b'fnayatzma. Each sphere, each faculty, independent chachma miyuchedus b'kli b'fnayatzma. Chachma has a designated container. Bina b'fnayatzma. Bina has a designated container. Vayinam nation is slapshu b'kelim because they already came in. They manifested themselves. They enclosed themselves within containers. V'nimshachu b'pchinas gilui, which means, in other words, they came out. They were communicated in a revealed fashion. And he says, Don't think it means they're at war. They still are cooperating. Take the limbs of a body. You may have 248 organs. They're all interwoven, interconnected. The nervous system of the brain extends all the way into the leg. There's not a nekuda in the toe, in the lowest part of the body that is not integrated with the brain. And therefore the whole body is one unified organism. We call it one person. We don't call it 248 people. It's one person. In the Maimon of Adorah Flogi, remember, being in a hefresh, be nekudim, lebrudim, ba'ayin mashakasu, parsha shmois, al posak misam pelad. Remember, he discussed there nekudim, oilam atoyu, brudim, oilam hatikun, oilam hatzilus, where there is yosher, in other words, there are kalim, 
but there's still integration like in the organism of a person. These two dimensions of Igulim and Yosher, here is a klal. They are to be found in all of the universes, from the highest levels to the lowest levels. Igulim and Yosher is not a one-time experience. Every world, in every universe, everything exists in a state of Igulim and Yosher, in the highest Madregas and in the lowest. The Hainu, Lifne Atzilis, even above Atzilis, you have Igulim and Yosher. Uba Atzilis, in Atzilis, and you go down. In Bria Yitzir, Ad Pchines Esesvid is the Igulim da Asiya, the Esesvid is the Yosher da Asiya. Even in the world of Asiya, which is our world, the world of action, you'll have the ten spheres of Igulim of Asiya and the ten spheres of Yosher of Asiya. So if you want to talk about Atzilis, there'll be Igulim da Atzilis, Yosher da Atzilis, Igulim de Bria, Yosher de Bria, Igulim de Yitzir, Yosher de Yitzir, Igulim da Asiya, Yosher da Asiya. Even beyond Atzilis, Igulim which is beyond Atzilis, which are beyond Atzilis, Yosher that is beyond Atzilis. But wherever you identify the two, there will always be that nekuda, what they represent. And the klal of what they represent is, Igulim are the lights when they're concealed and still submerged in one klal without a division into details. And then Yosher, as he said before, is when it comes out in Agilui, and therefore there's Eschalkos, and there's Pratim, and there's Kelim. Yeah, so just like we learned before, in the marshal of the student, first he experiences the oir of the teacher, Bederech Kalal, and then you call it an eagle, it's like a circle. Why? Because there's no differentiation, there's no divisibility. <laughs> there's no divisibility. Yeah. Very good. Very good. You're saying too much igula, too many igulim here. You have to go back to Yosher. Yeah, I'm on but it's So, back to the student in the mosh. When the student experiences the first wisdom, the, when, they stu- when he's hearing the shear of his teacher, Mitzada Oir. He's getting the oil, but the oil is still in a state of klal, in a state of igulim. There's no ischalkus, there's no protem. It's also not retained. And it's not contained. It contains him. He doesn't contain it. It's not internalized within him. In other words, if it stops by igulim, he goes away with nothing. Because, yes, he's enveloped. You know, he remains in the mikveh, but you can't survive in the mikveh. You have to come out. There's no oxygen. There's no distinct identity. Tvila is Oisius Habitl. Tvila is the same letters of Habitl, because that's the idea of Tvila. You lose yourself, and you're really in a place where you can't survive. Physically, you can't. That's the whole idea of the mikveh, that you're in a place where you really can't survive. In other words, if you would continue being here for a little longer, 
you'll die because that's the point of mikvah. The mikvah is to get to a state of ayin from which you could recreate yourself. So you're going into a place where you really lose yourself almost physically because if you stay there for too long, you really can't live. So you're not supposed to stay there for too long, but the point is you're going into a state that potentially is life-threatening. In other words, you're surrendering everything. You're surrendering all the notions of existence that you're familiar with, because a human being is not supposed to live underwater. So when we go underwater, it's like a, the idea of mikvah is really a very deep idea. It's like opening yourself up to a whole different dimension of reality. The Gemara says in Tamid, Ma yasa adam What should a man do in order to live? Yamis sasatzma, he should die. And what should a man do in order to die? He should live. This is a very interesting Gemara. What should you do to live? You should die. What should you do to die? You should live. In other words, in order to be able to live, you have to be able to let go. But let go completely. And not fear death, right? Because as long as you fear it, you can't really live. Because you're just responding from fear. So what happens here is that the Talmud at this stage... He's completely nullified, but there's nothing retained in his own kalim. In Yoshir, it's retained in his own kalim. So now, what's the nimshal? All the oiris, when they come out, first they're in a stage of igulim. Igulim has everything that is going to be later in Yoshir. It's not like it doesn't have everything. Just like we said, the teacher, in his wisdom, he has everything that's going to go to the student. But there's no differentiation. Later it gets differentiated. It comes out in a revealed and detailed way. The same is with the student. As the shear is being given, everything is there. Everything is there. But it's still in a state of eagle. No roish, no soif. Later, it's accessed in an individualized way, in a pratisdika way. So there's two stages. So stage number one is, the oiris don't come out yet in a prat don't come out in a hischalkos, and therefore we call them igulim. And then there's stage B, where there is yosh. And the way he defines the differences, one is klal, hiskalalus. Why is there hiskalalus? There's basically hashva achas. Why is it bashva achas? Because it's not bebchines gilui, it's only bebchines hela. In yosh, it's already bebchines gilui. Every svid on its own. Why? Because there's kalim. Once there's kalim, you can't anymore say it's mukafim yachat bashva achas. What's recognized is the differences between this idea and that idea. Just like the student at the later stage, where he now identifies this is the beginning, this is the middle, this is the end, this is the kasha, this is the teretz, this is the raya, this is the foundation. This is the first floor, the second floor, the third floor, the etc., etc., till the 20th floor. He has a whole mansion that he builds, and each compartment is distinctive and unique and identifiable. This protim, because everything is in a world of kalim. There's containers. And when there's a container, every detail has its own container, its own way, its own color, its own image, its own perspective. Now he says, the umehem from them from igulim 
From Igulim ultimately come all the concealments. The energy of godliness that comes down to give life to all the Nevroim is concealed and it is only revealed with a tzimtzum, with a restriction. There are many chambers above. There are chambers of love and awe. There are chambers of desire. Hechel is connected to the word keli. To contain. It conceals the oil and blocks it that it shouldn't get revealed to the Nevroyim, to the created beings, the way it is on its own, originally. Its pristine quality should not emerge, should not be manifested. It's restricted. According to the capacity and the size of the keli of the nivra to contain the light. If more than the measurement would be revealed, the created being would be completely obliterated. For there to emerge finite love in created beings, which is machana mechol. Machana mechol is the camp of mechol, which represents Hechel of love, for there to be finite or it's coming from the chiyas that comes from the Ein Saif, which is infinite, can only happen through the tzimtzum, through the shrinking, the compression, the concealment and of the light. This restrictiveness that restricts the light from where there will emerge finite love from the Ein Soif. You're going to have an experience of finite love. This is called the chamber of love. Heichel Ha'ava means when we say, there's a heichel of ava in heaven, there's a heichel of rotsen, there's a heichel of schuz, a heichel of tshuva, a heichel of tefillah. Heichel means, there is a helem, there is a concealment, which creates the love. For there to be an experience of ava, of love, which is an ava mugbelas, you need that there should be a heichel. A heichel is, I could contain a certain light, which allows and facilitates the love. So, wait, 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 so you're saying in that sentence that, that the Hechel Ava is not really the Ava itself, is it, it's the symptomness of the Ava. It's, it's, it's almost the, like Hechel like here is almost a verb rather than a noun, the way he just yes, defined it. Yes, it's the symptomness of the Ein Soi, of the Ein Saif that creates the experience of love. Huh? Right. It, it it so yes, it creates the ava, which means there's an experience of something. I love you. That means that we're having a relationship. 
But for me to love you, there has to be more concealment of you than revelation. For me to love. Like the Iru into the Kali. Yeah, the Iru, yeah. So I have a Nissan SUV, black? Yeah, I found the culprit. No. He was in the middle of davening. Okay. So why doesn't he shut it? He shut it before. Fine. It'll be a little book. The chain al derech zeh behechel aratzin ukenay. The same is true behechel aratzin and everything else. Everything else. After the parentheses, v'chein al derech zebchines hakelim. Similarly, this is the idea of kelim. He magbilim esaeris umalimim oisam. They limit the light. First of all, they limit and they conceal it. Two things: shaloyizgalu k'moishahem. They shouldn't be revealed as they are. Eliyu nikbalim besoicham. They should become mugbal, finite within the kli. V'sheyia hisgalu sachias, but raka arim uetas. The shechius should the life should be revealed, but only a little ray. Because you want there to emerge created beings that are finite. So therefore, you need all these kalim that allow the earth to come in, for there to be an experience, to be a nivra. But what type of oir? An oir that is completely limited and articulated so that it can allow for the existence of a nivra. The shayrish of all the sharashim, if you go to the root of the root of all the roots of these concealments, it starts off with the igulim, with the oir in a state of igulim, where it's beyond kalim, in a state of igulim. But I didn't understand the question. That will be explained. It's a good horror. Vihine. All these concealments is Kedusha. It's all part of Kedusha. Whenever you want to identify Kedusha from not Kedusha, you have to look at the purpose. What's the Mechuvan? Sometimes looking at the reality won't tell you if it's holy or unholy. Because you can always interpret it this way. You have to look at the Mechuvan. What's the objective? So you could look at concealment and say it's not Kedusha. He says, no, but the objective here is that the Nivrayim should come out. So that's Kedusha. We say in Melachim, Hashem Hua Elikim. Yom Kippur, we say it seven times. What's Havayi Hua Elikim? Shat Simtsum, the Shem Elikim, who Atzme Bchinas Havayi. Yud Kevavke and Elikim are really the same. That Simtsum, which is Shem Elikim, is itself Havayi. Why? Because the objective of Elikim is Yudke Vavke. 
the objective of the helm of the concealment of the Kli is to access the light. So it's all Kedusha. You're right. Im with a tremendous excessive evolution. When you finally have the Igulim in the world of Igulim, which from this light in Asiya you have heaven and earth, which are all balls, they're all they're all planets, they're all round, they're all spheres, what we would call basketballs. Which you have to understand there. There was a time people thought the earth was flat. But you already have in Yerushalmi, and it's brought in Avodah and Taisvis, that they always knew, Chachamim knew it was a kadr, it was a ball. Our planet is a ball. And all the planets, all the planets essentially are kadurim, they're igulim. It's not stam a mistake. Because spiritually they all come from igulim. There are those Nivrayim that come, as we'll see, come from Yosher and come from Igulim. Shamayim, Eretz, the planet itself, those planets themselves, Kinira Ba'alul Shashamayim and Igulim Betiva. We see that the planets in heaven are naturally round. V'chein Kadura Oretzu Ogul. Planet Earth is called a ball, because it's Ogul. And then he adds, which we need And if you'll analyze the Yisoyed the element of ear in the world, in the earth, it's also, it's also from Igulim. So this is the way Igulim is expressed, where? In Olam HaAsiyah. Igulim is expressed everywhere differently, but it's always the same Nekudah. There's no middle, there's no beginning, and there's no end. So you have Igulim in Atzilus and Bri Yitzim. So the source of all the concealments is in Igulim. The way, and it's all Kedusha, because the objective of it is that there should be creation, and Hashem Hu Elikim. Elikim is also Hashem. Midas HaTzimtzim is also Hashem. It's just a channel of communication. But what happens now is... What happens is... In a tremendous evolution, from the gulim, the way it comes down here, with all the balls, with all the all the spherical, all the all the spherical entities, what you have is a tzimtzum gomer, a complete, complete restrictiveness, and helam gadol, a great concealment. That the divine energy that gives life to the world becomes eclipsed. And it assumes tremendous amount of powerful garments. The word oilam comes from the word helam, concealment. So in the higher worlds we call it heichel. Heicholos. Because heichel comes from the word keli. A keli conceals, but it contains. It reveals as much as it conceals. When you're a keli, this is a keli for a certain beverage. It's only limited amount. It can't contain it all. But it also brings it in. I could drink from it. If you would bring me a chavis, a fas, yeah, a hundred foot fas, I wouldn't be able to drink from it. It would be a mikveh. It wouldn't be a cup. What makes it a keli is that it's limited. So over there it's called heichel. Here it's called oilam already. Oilam milosh and helam. Concealment. You don't feel the keli anymore. 
But the shaydish of all the shayrashim to conceal, it begins with the concealment of igulim. Because in igulim, the oir is still in a state of klal and doesn't come out. So the way it's in igulim, it's a very lofty light. But how does it come out in Atsilis? In Atsilis, suddenly, Igulim gives birth to a new reality called Kalim. What are Kalim? Kalim cover the light, conceal the light. So even though it's Megala, it reveals the Chiyus, but it should be limited. What this what does this now become a cause? Many evolutions from Atsilis. Now there's just concealment. The whole Alakus gets concealed. It becomes contained in so many garments. It appears that our world is completely egotistical, completely self-contained, completely autonomous. No one even entertains the idea that the universe is essentially divine consciousness. That's what it is. We don't even entertain that idea. It all begins with the Shadish Kalasharashim, which is Igulim. Igulim is not concealment. Igulim is fakert. It's great revelation in a sense that it's not in Kalim yet. So it's not Mizgala in Kalim. But that becomes the Shadish. It becomes the shoydish for helam. What is helam? Depends which madrega. In atzilus, it comes out as kalim. Pasayst kalim, the chiyus becomes mukbul. In bria, there's more kalim. In yitzir, there's more kalim. In asiya, what happens? Not just kalim. In asiya, there's complete concealment. The oilam is a yesh v'dove b'fnei How? All because of the shoydish of it all is in Igulim. Now in Igulim, it's still called Kedusha, of course. Havayahu elakim. But be, as a result of Igulim, as a result of the state of Igulim, ultimately this becomes shoydish ahelim. So in this world, which also has Igulim, Shamayim and Eretz, also Igulim, but it's really a f- different type of Igulim, it's physical Igulim, that gives room for there to be complete concealment. Huh? Of course, the oilam is not a yesh, and the oilam is not a dove b'fnei It looks like it. It looks like the oilam is a yesh, dove It's not a yesh, it's not a dove What allows it to look that way? It's all because the shoydish of, the shoydish of Igul. So now I want you to think about this. I'm going to ask you a question. Do you understand what he says here? He said that Igulim, there's no Kli, Kli. It's like the student in the beginning of the Shir. There's just a cloud. Nothing is contained yet inside of him. Right? So it's still concealed in the sense, it's not differentiated, he doesn't get it. Yoshir is, comes into Kalim, it's Arpnimi. So he says, the beginning of the Ayur of Hashem is Igulim, it's Rebchina's Klal, everything is equal, there's no Kalim, there's no differentiation, there's no distinction, everything is one. 
In Yosher, it's Pnimi Yisdik, it comes into Kalim, so there's Chachma, there's Bina, there's Chesed, there's Gvura. So here in Gulam there's no Kalim, and in Yosher there's Kalim. Since there's Kalim, it comes out. It's expressed in the Kalim and Ur Pnimi. And it exists on all the levels. Then he shifts over and he says, and from Igulim come all the concealments. Why from Igulim come all the concealments? Because it doesn't come out in Kalim. Right? So therefore from there comes all the concealments. What does he say then? What's the concealments that come out of Igulim? What's the first concealment in Atzillus? Kalim. So how does that work? How does it work? That's the question I'm going to leave you with. Shlach Lamed Zion Amudalad, fourth column, page 74. The principle is always an arousal from below generates an arousal from above. Meaning the human being is not just an isolated, lonely creature, but that his, his or her attitude, his or her behavior triggers. It generates an impact. It creates a ripple effect, not just down here, what do they say? The butterfly flips its wings. Right? And it has an effect on the other side of the planet. But here we're talking about Isarusa de la It has an effect above as well. By the person being maimik. He uses here the word maimik, which means it requires oimik, depth. Not only that, he has to give, dedicate his perception, his das, and his heart to see how Hashem renews everyday creation. As the Pasuk says in Veschana, Moshe Rabbeinu says, we say it in Aleinu, V'yadata hayoim v'hashivoysa elevavecha ki Hashem u'alikim. So Moshe is saying, It's something you have to know today. You have to bring it to your heart. That's why he says it's It's not enough that I knew it yesterday. The reason it's not enough that I knew it yesterday is because intuitively I'm, being, I'm challenging myself to go beyond intuition, to go beyond what is visible immediately when you look at the world. So every day you need to renew it. Yesterday's knowledge will not suffice for today. Today's knowledge will not suffice for tomorrow. Because if you're dealing with a knowledge that is just easily understood or comprehensible or visible, once you know it, you know it. You don't have to relearn it every day. But if it's a skill that runs contrary to your outer instincts, every single day you have to, renew, you have to learn the skill. Usually you learn something and then you graduate, right? The rabbi in Atlanta for many years, his name was Rabbi Emanuel Feldman. So he wrote a book about his experiences in the rabbinate. It's called Tales of a Shul or Tales Out of a Shul. Huh? Very funny book. So Rabbi Feldman writes over there, I think today he's in Eretz Yisrael. 
he writes that uh, when he came to Atlanta, Atlanta was then very forsaken in terms of Yiddishkeit. So it was completely new to everybody. One night after Mayriv, he would go to the base. At night, he would go to the base Medrash and the line, and he would learn. One night, he sees the president of the shul walking by the library where Rabbi Feldman is sitting and learning, and he looks at him and a very perplexed look, like a very shocking look. He hears later at the next board meeting, the president was alarmed. He said, we were really deceived with this rabbi. He said, what happened? He said, I went the other night, and I see that he's studying. He told us he graduated 10 years ago. <laughs> 10 years ago he graduated. He's sitting and, he's sitting and studying for his exam. Obviously, we, we, we got the bad deal. This was the culture of learning. You, you graduated. Well, what's there to know? You, you know the textbook. Ten years later, you go, who, which Meshuggah goes back to high school ten years later? I mean, no, no offense against high school. It's just, you're done, you're done. You know, next, you move on. But of course, it's the other, it's the other way around, right? Woe unto the community who has a rabbi who graduates. <laughs> Woe unto that community. <laughs> if he graduates, that's the end of it. Yeah, he's finished. If, you gradu- if, you, if you're done, you're done. You're never done. So when it comes to this type of awareness, spiritual awareness, it's always about today. It's not about yesterday. Today's God, in other words, can't work for today. Yesterday's, yesterday's God can't work for today. Yesterday's inspiration can't work for today. Yesterday's knowledge can't work for today. It's every day again and again. That's the answer to the question. People say, why do I daven every day? I davened yesterday. I already know Ashrei by heart. I know Baruch Shama by heart. I could say it all. What are you doing? What are you doing every day? Right? It would be like asking a person a question. And that is, you breathed yesterday. Why are you breathing today? Well, you took a walk yesterday because the doctor said you need to exercise or you know you need it. Why are you doing it again? You should go to the gym once and then never again go again for your whole life. It's not about, it's not about a one-time act. It's, it's, a, it's a lifestyle that requires daily fine-tuning. The God of yesterday is not the God of today. Today there's a whole new world out there. Because it's counterintuitive. Intuitively, that's what he's going to explain here. It's a very powerful idea. This avoid is every single day anew. And the moment I stop for a day, it's already not the same. Because there was an interruption in the consciousness, and I'm, I have to recreate it, and it's not always easy. You know, people who are in a strong routine of health and this, they stop for a day, for a week, for two weeks. It's not simple. The body, the body knows right away the difference. So he says, And the person, this takes ha'amaka. Ha'amaka means I have to go deep. If I look at everything from a shitchizdik vantage point, from a superficial perspective, superficially, the world is just a physical place. You need hamukah, you need depth, you need das, you need a heart, liras, to be able to see. See means I should be able to see it with my mind's eye. The kula to understand that everything in his presence doesn't have independent significance. Mamish. Literally. I, the whole world, appears to be completely egotistical and something that's self-contained. It's because of the concealment that the divine consciousness that is really the core of the entire universe and every nuance is eclipsed. 
But the truth is, there's nothing outside of him. That's the end of the Pasuk. Or in the later Pasuk, he says the same thing, but he adds the word There's nothing outside of him. In other words, when we say God is one, it doesn't mean there's one God and no two gods. It means there's only oneness in the world. God is one means that there's oneness. There's nothing outside of that oneness. I, you look at the world and it's not the case. The world is a yesh I have an ego, you have an ego, hopefully. We each have our own identity and everything in the world is basically physical matter. So that's what he explained, the whole idea about Igulim and Yosher, as we learned in Perik Aleph and Perik Beis, the whole process of Ishtal Shalos, where the entire Ur of Elikus emerges first in a state of Igulim and then in the state of Yosher. Igulim is the source of all concealments, but concealment in every world means something else. In one world, concealment means containers. In another world, concealment means absolute darkness, absolute absence. It begins, actually, from Igulim, which is a very lofty light, but it translates into various forms of concealment. But in all situations, it's only a concealment. And because in all situations, it's only a concealment. So therefore, in our world, where the concealment is the strongest, and it comes out in the gulam of heaven and earth, which are circles, they're balls, and basically don't allow for there to be an internal realization and revelation of godliness. That's what igulim means in our world. Igulim in every world means something else, but in our world, when you look at the planet earth, what you see is an eagle, you see a ball. There's no higher, there's no lower, there's no authority. There's no heaven, there's no earth, there's just different perspectives. There's no beginning, there's no middle, there's no end. There's no where I come from, there's no where I'm going. It's like the student in the beginning of the lesson, where it's still concealed. But here, in this case, you don't even know there's a lesson. You don't even know there's a communication. It sounds like he's saying that, I mean, if you look carefully, we're saying about the Hamakkah, that the specific lesson that you have to relearn each day is this counterintuitive idea of, of helling. That that's something that you can never graduate from. It, it, it really sounds like that's what he's saying. The whole is, the Rolashem is creating the world every day, i.e. is creating helling every day. You can't appreciate, unless you realize every day mobbing the helling, graduation from yesterday will Right, right. Exactly. Nimtza, so what happens now? Shahu Poyal the person accomplishes the person through this hamaka creates a revolution. He removes the tzimtzum, the restriction and the concealment that the koyach of is being concealed. He basically bursts the bubble. He basically puts a needle in that balloon. And the concealment evaporates. The fog dissipates. Because the fog dissipates in him. He does not take the world for granted. He realizes that he's a revolutionary. He has to change the status quo. Status quo is concealment. That's what it looks like. 
Status quo is Hakbaras Hachomer al Physical matter is the only thing that prevails. Outer instinct is the name of the game. But this person every day wakes up with an axe in one hand and a sledgehammer in the other hand and he goes to war. He goes to war against concealment. He goes to war against Helen. He goes to war against Simpson. And he says, what I see is not what I get. <laughs> what I don't see is what I get. So, so this is his beer, or his last mimers, is Kafia Sidra Akra, is the yes. yes. Right, right. Yeah. He wages war, he wages battle. What is it? It's a day, in other words, what is Yiddishkeit? A daily battle for transcendence. A daily battle for excavation. A daily battle for deep discovery. The great enemy to Judaism is superficiality. The greatest enemy to Judaism is superficiality. Externalities. Living in an external space. Outer appearances. <laughs> Some people say that is the definition of Judaism. <laughs> Some people say that's the definition. But here it's the enemy of Judaism. Outer appearances. That's why, you see, <laughs> I'm not going to now get into social critique, critic. we did enough of that today, but it's painful to hear from people that the definition of Judaism is outer appearances. Not because it's not true, but because it's 180 degrees opposite. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah, a person makes an observation and says, you know, this person, this person is stingy. Okay. You know, it's really not true. He's not. But what happens if this person is one of the most generous people in a generation? (laughs) Right? Then it's much more painful. How perception can be so deceiving. How perception can be so cruel. The whole definition of Yiddishkeit is a war against appearance. A war against superficiality. When that religion is hijacked and it becomes about appearance, the hijacking of it is far more painful because it's literally the extreme opposite. It's the North Pole and the South Pole. Literally the North Pole and the South Pole, 180 degrees. So this is a daily endeavor of the person changing the status quo. Now when man does something... Remember, it's the butterfly flip. Uh, huh? The butterfly effect. With the Zisarusa de la Eila, there's an arousal, a trigger. Zisarusa means a trigger, literally. It's a trigger point. You know how they say in psychology, this, this is a trigger point. You know, this triggers all your childhood stuff, right? Somebody told me the other day uh, that they've been through some very serious abuse as a child, but they forgot. They repressed it. The age of six, they repressed it, and in their twenties, they were watching a uh, a film of an event, and it all came back in the middle, and they blanked out. Their mamish blanked out. It all, it all came back. It was a trigger that spoke to a place that they didn't know about. So you have triggers in very many ways. Here we have a trigger: the human choice triggers an effect in all the worlds in all layers of of existence that 
that also above the containers should not conceal the lights, or magbilinoisam, they shouldn't limit the light. Vishayu boikin umizgalun lamata kamoshe mamash. They should burst out. Boikin means like boikea, uh, they should breach, pierce through, and reveal themselves below the way they are in their pristine state. There shouldn't be the concealments. Don't think this is Stamepis of theory, of fantasy. This is actually the world of La'asid Lavi, the world of Mashiach. The Ksiv the Pasuk says in Yeshaya, Vinigluqvoid Hashem, Hashem Dibr. The glory of God will be revealed, and all flesh will observe that the mouth of Hashem spoke. So literally it's translated, people will know God exists. The Balatanya says no. When they will look at anything in the world, they will see that it's the mouth of God that is speaking it into existence. We will observe the universe and see the spiritual DNA of every single organism, every single creature, every single existence. You will see the Hashem Dibber. The Tzimtzum will cease. The world will not conceal on the light of His holiness, which is present now. In other words, La'asid Lavoi Mashiach is not a new world. People think Mashiach will come and some Cinderella effect will uh, will descend and we're going to live happily ever after and all mortgages will be paid and all tuition bills will be cancelled and the Shidduch crisis will be over and sushi will be free and doctors will go out of business. They'll be able to sit and learn a whole day. Right? Good plan, good plan. Good plan. So where is this fairy tale world coming from? I don't know. It's some miracle. The truth is, La'asad Lava is really now. The future is not the future. The future is now. The future is, you'll be able to observe what is happening now. La'asad Lava means that the world will be connected to its own organic truth. There will be an alignment between the inner and the outer. Where now, the outer conceals the inner. So when is the world of Mashiach created? Not in the future. It's created now. Every time a Jew or a person goes into this place and bursts the bubble of egotism, bursts the bubble of depression, bursts the sense that the world is alienated, the world is alone, the world is detached, he or she is detached, he or she is just self-contained, divorced from God. Every time you challenge that inst- instinct that you're alone in the world and that you're detached from the Kedusha and the Eir of Hashem, you are undoing one layer of the Tzimtzum. And the Asid Lavi just means that the effect of all this is going to be exposed even to the naked eye. Essentially, this was the state of the world. Before the first hate, before the first sin of Adam and Chava. The world was extremely refined. It's hard for us to understand. But the world was transparent. It was not opaque. It did not eclipse the revelation of his eloquent. Where was Adam placed in Ganeiden? What are you doing, Ganeiden? You comprehend the secrets of Torah. But he was in a body. It was not a problem. Because the body was transparent. Today, to be able to go into Ganeiden, one can't come into with the body. Because the body completely eclipses the vision at the surface. At the surface, 
the goof is the great shell that doesn't allow you to experience. So it's fascinating. The moment the soul leaves the body, everything changes. You hear sometimes people, I don't know if you're familiar, people who, uh, near-death experiences, yeah? And sometimes you hear people's, what they say, and basically you'll see, he basically says it here, (laughs) but he said it as an Hashem of It's hard for us to understand because when we're in the body, our vision is completely defined by the body's capabilities. We have a certain pair of glasses through which we see the world, and that is called the body. And that is our only reality. There's no other reality. There's, and there can't be any other reality for us. This is my brain. These are my eyes. This is my body. These are my tools. But that's all because of the igulim. So the worst thing for the body is when you take it completely seriously. The worst thing for the world is when you take it completely seriously. The Balshamtav had a student before his passing. He was on his deathbed. He looked out of the window. Beautiful green landscape. And he said in Yiddish, he said, I velt velt. He spoke to the world. He said, world, world. How ugly you are for those who believe in you. How beautiful you are for those who don't believe in you. In other words, the world begs for a person to be able to look deeper. So before the chet, what's the chet? What was the chet of Adam The chet of Adam wasn't a sin. He didn't do the right thing. It created a different reality. Before the Chet, in the body, he was in Ganeiden. How could you be in the body in Ganeiden? Because there was no... The transparency was much more powerful. So he says, It's not only Ganeiden, only down here. All the worlds, everything was more refined, than now. In other words, it wasn't completely refined, because remember... Igulim and Yoisha didn't start after the Chet. It started with Bria Asylum. The Tzimtzum was before. But you can't compare it to the Tzimtzum now. Adam and Chava really did a job on the world. <laughs> they didn't. It wasn't just a small thing. And that's the power of a person. That's the, the two power. The, the power of a person is you change the world. You change it in one way, you change it the other way. Either you burst the Tzimtzum, you, 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 uh, you puncture, you puncture a hole into the helm, into the concealment, and you bring in light, or the other way around. You create another layer. Every moment in life, that's my choice. Do I create another layer, another facade, or do I take off a facade? The world is a place of masks, right? It's a Purim spill. Either you add a mask, or you remove a mask. There's no, no, nobody is doing anything else but that. Every conversation between people, yeah, this may be a nice way of opening the conversation, are you adding a mask to existence? Or are you taking off a mask? Just let me know where this conversation is going. If we want to add a mask, that's fine. <laughs> At least we know where you are. We want to add masks, we want to take off masks. That's the only question you have to ask. This is where spirituality and psychology completely converge. Because basically, if the definition of psychology is for a person to live with real self-awareness, with real awareness of self, without toxicity, without masks, manipulating him, manipulating his behavior, controlling his identity, right? So essentially, what that really means is for the person to ultimately get to the core of who he is and who the world is. And realize that the whole concealment is basically 
a product of igulim. The concealment doesn't have an objective, real reality. The concealment is only there as an opportunity, as a springboard to create a, uh, a rupture, to create a, a, a to, punct, to puncture it, to challenge it. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.